hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. I am a very excited man today. I am here with what I consider to be a podcast superstar. And before I introduce him, <laughs> I need to say on air that I have heard um, a frightening amount of hours of this man's voice. It is Leon from Who Back When. Say hello, Leon. Hello. <laughs> Can I, can I call you Leon? You go by Ponking, Ponkin, don't you? I did in the beginning, yeah. I've been on this uh, weird rebranding trip for a number of years now. It's not particularly successful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, I am assuming a lot of people listening to this will have already listened to Who Back When, but just in case by a weird coincidence that they don't, why don't you tell people about that before we start? Oh, wow. Oh, well, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, Who Back When is uh, it's a little Doctor Who podcast. I've been doing that with uh, a few friends of mine for about seven years now. Seven, seven plus years. years. I know. It's incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, time passes in a linear fashion. And uh, yeah, on this show, we review all of classic and all of new Who, uh, alternating between the two. We're trying to get through all of it. So, um, and we're doing it chronologically. So at the moment, we are at the sort of start of Peter Davison for the Classic Channel, and for yeah. New Who, we are approaching the end of Capaldi. And uh, yeah, yeah. If anyone hasn't checked it out, check it out. No, no, no. Might be, no, no. might be up your street. I'm not asking you to check it out. I'm telling you to check it out. These guys have incredible <laughs> fun uh, pulling apart Doctor Who in a really positive way. Sometimes in a, in a, uh, they deconstruct it uh, because it's a really it's a piece of crap and it and you know you have to say it's a piece of crap right but there's always a lot of love for the material um you are currently let's see let's see how well i know this okay right, you are you go. have just released Earthshock in the classics Correct. you've just released knock knock yes oh my god i've rarely been this aroused carry on <laughs> and for the big finishes you're in the fourth season of lucy miller i think right now uh yeah 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 exactly so it's the it's the end of well i mean we we, we uh, what we do we wrapped up paul mcgann's fourth season the the eighth doctor adventures so there is as far as i'm aware there's more lucy miller stuff and there, there is, is there yeah, are there. more eight doctor adventures obviously but oh, Leon, boy, span. boy is there more paul mcgann honestly god it's a relentless <laughs> stream like i talk about um the audio market of Paul McGann stories is enormous. You'll have material. You'll be going for in the next 30 years. I don't know if you'll have enough years in your life <laughs> to get through those stories. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll make time. Why don't you tell everybody what we're going to be watching today? Mm. Oh, dude, I am so incredibly thrilled. This was your recommendation, by the way. Uh, well, only because in your episode, you loved it so much. <laughs> so this is a fourth Doctor serial. This is Seeds of Doom, uh, the first of the crinoid serials, uh, first crinoid story in general. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic serial. Six-parter, Six I think it's one of two of the classic serials that you've given full marks to. Correct, Amundo. Yeah, this... the other one being City of Death. 
Yeah. And part of that is absolutely, I, I fully admit to being biased. I remember this serial from when I was a child. Mm. I remember being scared shitless. I can say shitless, right? Yeah. Could, yeah, yeah we established yeah, this pre-recording. Yeah, I can yeah, say yeah, shitless. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, and <laughs> Uh, and for that, for that reason, I'm probably not judging it entirely fairly, but I think it is, and I'm holding back now, a flawless serial. I would agree with that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I, I, I think you've you've got like a near perfect script, and I've got one issue with the script, and that's going to come oh. right at the end of the story. Um, but uh, and you've got um, Douglas Canfield directing this, and it was the last Doctor Who story he directed. And yeah. I'm gonna fire one when we're in there. I'm gonna fire some other stories that he did, and I promise you, you you would have loved every single one of them. He's a terrific director. Uh, you've got Tom Baker. You've got Elizabeth Sladen. Yep. yep. You've got seed pods in the Antarctic, and you've got a yeah. What giant else? Do, what else do you need? Plant Wait, there's monster. more. There's yeah, more. There's a giant plant <laughs> monster on top of a house. I mean, it's just brilliant. One of the best villains ever, I think. Oh, God, he's so camp, isn't he? <laughs> but oh, very sinister perfect. with it. Very sinister with it. Okay, well, should we skip into episode one? Uh, we can do. Can I just say, before we do, mm. thank you so much for having me on your show. Because uh, this is awesome. I, I, I mean, I thought I'd be on my hands and he's begging you. So the, the, the thank you is to you. No, no. <laughs> but I'll, I'll do that at the end. Okie doke. <laughs> Let's go then. I'll count us in. In five, okay. four, three, two one let's go oh here we go here we go okay so you oh, you're in wow. you're in peter davison's time at the moment so you have quite a different title sequence for this oh absolutely yeah i, I mean seriously we're like 12 seconds into the opening credits and i'm already contemplating tattooing the name of this year across my <laughs> middle folk lifestyle this is absolutely fantastic <laughs> it, it is um oh, seeds of doom robert bank stewart Robert Baxter, and he did one other story. He did Terror, Terror of the Zygons. Oh my word! You said you didn't know trivia. Uh, well, I may have looked this one up. <laughs> he did Terror of the Zygons, and he is also he features in a classic series. He features in Brain of Morbius. He's one of the faces that shows up during the uh, yes. mental duel. You realise what the they did in the Brain of Morbius, there, don't you? They broke fandom because then that gave. Um, Chris Chibnall, the excuse in the latest series of Doctor Who to do his twist with the pre Hartnell Doctors. Oh, no. And then suggest you're so right. He suggested that those Brain and Morbius Doctors were all pre Hartnell Doctors. Oh, you're so right. You know what? I'm no longer a fan of that serial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love this. This is yeah. the BBC pulling off Antarctica in a quarry somewhere in Kent. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like, they've just dusted some hill somewhere. <laughs> My guess was going to be sorry, but I, yeah, no, I, I, I like your take on it. <laughs> it's it's, it's somewhere, somewhere along the M25, usually, anyway. Yeah, and then miniatures. Oh, oh my, I, I mean, oh, everything is so, it's calculated, it's impeccable. They have studied this. Uh, what, you, okay, I know you have uh, quite a, I was about to say a hard on, I'm so sorry, for miniatures no, in Doctor fine, Who. Because... But I do have one. <laughs> I remember when you watched Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the miniature dinosaurs in that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love miniatures. I love the practical effects in general. Yeah, and me too. This serial is shock full of them. Okay, well, that's a good really, question really for really you then. That is a good question for you. Yeah. Do you prefer practical effects to CGI? 
Oh, undoubtedly. You know, like there there are several of the DVD releases where they've remastered some of the scenes. Yeah. And you yeah, can yeah, you can yeah. watch it with new scenes. I don't like them. I hate that. <laughs> That's utter nonsense. That takes away the spirit of the serial. And I always like, don't you feel like when you watch something like this, when was this, 1975, 76, something like that? Um, I'll take your word for it. Thank you. <laughs> but you should be seeing a snapshot of what they could achieve at the time rather than, you know, like the serial with a load of CGI effects slapped on top. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. Well, then in the I same way. Also, in... <laughs> I mean, on the practical effects side of things, as we're looking at this particular scene, uh, fake beard alert. <laughs> <laughs> that was possibly one of the best practical effects here, the chap in the red vest. I mean, I don't know this as a fact, but I know in 1970s Doctor Who there are beards galore. So I'm almost willing to believe there is a beard <laughs> department somewhere in the BBC. Oh, there's a whole closet. The, the guy here with the, the lighter hair, that beard is something else. Isn't it? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, there's a great line coming up. Uh, oh, did we just miss it? It's the uh, the offer a coffee and a game of three-handed crib. Yeah, everyone knows that's Antarctic slang for a circle joke. And they, <laughs> they have gigantic smiles on their faces, and they're pulling up this line as though everyone in the audience knows what they're talking about. Oh, Leon, you spent some time in the Antarctic, then, have you? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busted. Oh, uh, okay. Now, Tom Baker is famously grumpy in this serial. Like, he is... Yeah. I mean, he's throwing punches in this. He's jumping through windows. Yeah. He's holding oh, guns. That's very unusual for the Doctor. To, like, at one point, he holds a pistol. Like He does, yeah. I mean, there's a... I mean, I guess we're going to get to that later on. It's like in oh, three or four or something. But he has both the... Uh, yeah, grab your gun. That's the solution to this problem. And the... I'm toting a gun, but no one knows that I would never deign to use it. Yeah. He, I think he sort of reflects both sides of that. But when he's holding that gun, I absolutely believe. If I was the villain, I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah. he's going to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I see, I've, I've heard comment about this. Have you, did you ever see any of the Avengers in the uh, 60s and I've, 70s? I've seen like a couple of random episodes. So this does have a very Avengers-y feel to it. Um, yeah, because there's there's often an eccentric millionaire, you know, a mad plot going on. They even do an episode of the Avengers, which is about like killer plants. What really? Yeah, called the Man Eater of Surrey Green, something like that. And I heard a comment <laughs> sounds that, like a very different film. <laughs> I, I've definitely got that one. Um, and <laughs> Tom Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen, they they there is something a bit kind of Steed and Emma Peel about them in this. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. It, certainly, certainly, Sarah Jane Smith. Like, she is adventurous. She's very gung ho. Uh, she's taking charge. She has a. Is there? There's certainly one line in this serial where, for I mean, by seventies standards, she stands up for women. Oh, for sure. Uh, in yeah. I mean, very much of this serial is. What she's the only female character? No, sorry, she's one of two female characters in this entire serial. You, well, the yeah. other one is a caricature. Oh, I think she's incredible. You're talking about the oh, the, the the painter of Ducars. Um, Amelia Ducar. <laughs> yeah, she's terrific. Yeah, yeah. But I know oh, the well, scene you mean. The, the scene where she stands up to Scorby. So she's got the assassin in her face, isn't she? And she really yes, gives exactly. him hell. Yeah. So it, I think in that regards, Emma Peel very much, I mean, again, I've only seen like a, a couple of episodes. I, I never really, I didn't grow up with it, but it, certainly in in that context, 
she is that alpha character. And I, what I really like about Sarah is that she's kind of grounded. So when she was introduced, she's introduced as a journalist. So in her first yeah. year with um, John Pertwee, doesn't she? She has all those kind of Insta stories where she's like, oh, yeah, well, I've done a story about this. I've done like because they were kind of set on Earth at the time. But now yeah. when they come back to Earth in Tom Baker's time, I don't know, she's, she just fits it beautifully in a way that, I don't know, Leela doesn't, Nissa doesn't, Adric doesn't, you know. Like, she she fits right into this story. What what about the um, Sarah Jane Adventures? I mean, I have no experience of Sarah Jane Adventures. Have you not? Oh, they're terrific. No. Well, it, um, it depends kind of how much you can tolerate, like, children's TV. Okay. Because... My tolerance is pretty high. <laughs> oh, okay, then you'll love it. They're, 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 like, madly imaginative, and she's just as brilliant in that as she is in really? this. Yeah, she makes a really good lead in that. She's fierce. Oh, dag nabbit, I'm going to have to watch that. Oh, here's Mr. Chase on the screen. Oh. Yeah, oh, a Bond villain much? <laughs> okay, so I bought a Blu-ray set. Please of... let the next word be gloves. Okay, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a cat just here. No. Um, the scar on my face. No, uh, I bought a Blu-ray set of the James Bond. I've never seen them. Never in my life seen any of them. Oh, wow. So okay. we, we were not a Bond family uh, at all. And Bank Holidays, it was less about Bond and more about the garden and boring games. Um, That's pretty good, actually. I'm five in at the moment. I just watched uh, You Only Live Twice yesterday. Okay. And yeah, right, you're right. Okay. He is absolutely a Bond villain, for sure. He is, right? He's yeah. uh, the perfect Bond villain. He is a megalomaniac. He is uh, independently wealthy. He goes nowhere without black leather gloves. His collar is so starched, I think it might be made of cement. I need, and, and on top of that, like his shirt is about 74, 75% collar. Like uh, it is sure. a serious collar. You remember, this is the 70s. Uh, That's true, yeah. He's got an insane plan and he's just a little bit camp. So he's the perfect Bond villain. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, the other guy, Dunbar. Is that his name? Is that this dude? Is this Dunbar? It is. And, uh, do you know what? I have a piece of trivia about Dunbar, or at least oh. the, the actor who played him. Oh, um, let's hear it. Are you ready for this? <laughs> he, he caught chicken box on like the second or third day of shooting and was oh, told no. he was not allowed to go to work for, for three weeks, right? So they halted the production for three weeks just to give this, this guy time off. <laughs> And everyone got what? paid for the entire period. He was like hailed as the hero of the set. That's incredible. I love that. <laughs> and I only think he's in like like three episodes or something. He's not like a main character. No, but he's, I mean, he fits a certain archetype. He's the government's, the sort of bureaucrat, the government stooge, who's fed up with being one and finally sells out. Finally, he, he caves into his lack of a spine. And in this scene, like it... He doesn't even give a price. No. He just goes, here, I will do something for you. It's worth money, right? Right? And you like, just yeah, yeah, you sort you of know with Chase as well. Whatever he wrote on that check, it is going to be a, an exorbitant sum of money, right? Well, I think Dunbar basically gives um, Bond villain, what's his name? Chase. Uh, gives Chase, yeah. Chase all the information Chase needs. He's mm -hmm. like, this is where you find the seed pod. And there oh, it is. There it is. Okay, so the seed pod in Antarctica, it has been yeah. commented that this has similarities uh, to a thing from another world. 
Yes, a, a movie of which I have not seen. Have you? I've not seen it. I've seen the John Carpenter remake, The Thing. Is it uh, very like Kurt Russell? It's that's fantastic. It's one of my favourite John Carpenter movies. I mean, I think I think this sort of um, homage to horror movies is something that Doctor Who does pretty well. Oh, like, absolutely. Remember Brain of Morbius? That's essentially Frankenstein, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, you have a whole range... Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 go on. I mean, you have a, a whole bunch of uh, Hammer Horror-esque serials. You've got the, as you said, yeah, Brain of Morbius, that's the Frankenstein one. You've got the, whatever it's called, with the vampires. That's a oh, Dracula one. yes, State of Decay. Uh, Pyramids of Mars, which is like the curse of... Scarab exactly, yeah, somewhere. of Tutankhamun or whatever. It's the mummy, basically, uh, and uh, yeah, no, I mean it's it's it, it's rife with this sort of stuff, um, and this serial, I don't know if it fits into the um, hammer horror genre, but it certainly fits into the horror genre oh, in general, sure. and yeah. it does so with a plum. It does. Two it has things, all of those. It? Little... it does two things like really well. It does the transformation of the guy into the plum. Which you yes. see in like several quite graphic stages. Yeah. Um, oh, look at that miniature! I'm sorry, the helicopter. I know. Uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> there's a scene. There's a scene later where do you remember where the, all the buildings blow up? It's yeah, just incre it's incredible. Like I know, and I shed a tear every single time. <laughs> this actually, this the scene that we're seeing right now with the that we've just seen the miniature. We've seen the miniature helicopter, by the way, land next to the miniature buildings. This begs the question, could this entire serial not have been avoided if Doc had just taken the TARDIS? Oh, for sure, yeah. And yeah, he like literally, he goes like, oh, the entire human race is in danger, I'll be there tomorrow. But you know what, I have <laughs> to I say, I could be there yesterday. Frequently asked this question in many Doctor Who stories where, yeah. like, where, I was watching one the other day and she's like running around in the TARDIS trying to like catch up with the Dalek. And I'm like, well, why don't you just go back to before this all began and just stop him from going in the first place? Like, when yeah, you start asking questions idea. like that, game over, you know. So you've <laughs> you just got to go with it, right? That is a very fair argument, but I do think it is unusual for Doc not to go somewhere in the TARDIS. Like, in, it, for, for example, if we take, uh, what's it called? Uh, Nick Frost as Santa. Uh, last oh, Christmas. last Christmas, yeah. Also, as I recall, an Antarctic base, mm -hmm. but they go there in the TARDIS. Because, like, why would you take a helicopter? There? Like, can well, you even take a helicopter there? Do you not need to fly somewhere and then take a helicopter? Like, there's an even bigger plot hole in that at the end of this story, yeah, yeah, they go okay. off into TARDIS and the TARDIS goes to Antarctica, doesn't it? And they get out and she's like, she's in with her beach ball and they're freezing cold, yes, and he goes. You guys, you forgot to reset the coordinates. You didn't oh go, you didn't go there so in the TARDIS right. in the first place. <laughs> You're so right. It makes no so, sense. <laughs> so there is a bit of trivia associated with the TARDIS, and I don't know if it's because of this, but this was the last time that this TARDIS prop appeared on the show. This was the Brachaki box, and it, it collapsed know that. during production. Allegedly, it collapsed on uh, on Sarah Jane Smith. It collapsed on Liz Layden. And um, so from this point on, They've they have a new, new prop. New they prop. have to build a new prop. Ah. But um, I wonder if it's just that they shot those two scenes 
in reverse order. You know, they shot the final beach ball scene first. Maybe. Then they were going to shoot the rest of it and they go to the Antarctic, but then there's no prop anymore. I just so don't understand why, why the script editor didn't go, well, they didn't go to the Antarctica in the TARDIS in the first place. So why would it take them yeah. back there? Yeah, no, you're right. Who knows? I saw something there a second ago, right? Um, it's a very okay. small point, but I always say this about Elizabeth Sladen whenever I talk about her, is that she's always thinking about the scene that she's in, right? And yeah. she's just she's just um, come by helicopter to the Antarctic base, and she's freezing cold, and she's there, she's taking her gloves off, and she's, like, sucking her fingers and stuff. Obviously, in reality, she's in a BBC studio. It's perfectly warm, but she's playing it for real, and that's what I really love that about her. She she does a phenomenal job. Like on in absolutely every aspect of her performance is stellar. And if I may be like really superficial, cool. love her coat. Oh yeah. Love that coat. I hate her the rest of her outfit, but I love that coat. <laughs> Do you remember what she wore in her last story? The the red striped dungarees with all the <laughs> big stars on them. Her sense of fashion, because she started off in her first story. She's in like a trouser suit. She's a businesswoman, right? She's a yeah. journalist, and then she leaves the story looking like a clown. You know, it's, yeah, it's an interesting Worthy. progression. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, going back to our saying for the other. Um, so yeah, they do the transformation from the man into the plant really well. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. A very, very popular. I hate this word, but I'm going to say it. Trope of this time is possession. Okay, yeah. possession. They do possession stories a lot in this period of Doctor Who. And Definitely. that's done really well as well, because at some point, Chase starts talking to the plants, doesn't he? He's like, yes, my beauties. You know, it's like... Yeah, I, 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 I was going to ask you about that when we get to it, but I'm happy to ask you about on, that now. I don't understand how that happens. No. Is it just being a little... Uh, being diplomatic eccentric? Or is it that the plants actually have an influence on him do you think well it just so happens that i have a phd in crinoid so oh here we go yeah i can, oh, tell, I can tell you well, exactly i've been around the universe a few times um <laughs> i can tell you that in fact they are telepathic no oh, I, right. okay. I just i just made that up i don't know <laughs> oh you totally have me fooled <laughs> but I, I he plays it well and and um, they always that the producer Philip Hinchcliffe says at the time that the cheapest um, and most effective horror that you can do is just get a bloody good actor in and have him possessed because it's scary as hell if they play it well and it doesn't yeah. cost a penny you know <laughs> yeah well that's true yeah that's a fair point do you think this is a fair Antarctica are you convinced I'm. Yeah, I mean, I've never been there, so I'm assuming this is exactly what it looks like. I, I really, I'm a big fan of the snow overlay. Snow overlay. Snow, snow overlay. overlay. <laughs> Calling it trademark. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine you going to Antarctica and going, "Well, where's the where's the polystyrene snow? Like, yeah, where, not at all what I was the snow overlay? But <laughs> the, 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 the there was a beautiful line just a moment ago, by the way, when Doc finds the second crinoid pod and he's like oh they travel in pairs like policemen like policemen yeah it's such a fun symbol you could have said it like you could have said swans there is said anything else i like a lot of wit in this story i think it's it's a very kind of witty period i mean it's it's tom baker's time and i think there's just just inherent wit in this entire period do you remember later on where he jumps through the window and he's like what do you do for an encore doctor i win (laughs) bang and he punches him in the face (laughs) Oh, he's such, a, such a chap. 
Yeah. I mean, you know Classic Who way better than I do. Is, is, does this level of wit reoccur? Like, do you, do you have this with the fifth Doctor, <sighs> sixth, seventh Doctor? I'm, I'm going to be straight with you now. You're in a bit of okay. a drought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, because oh, no. I, I think Peter Davison's Doctor is there's like there's, there's trying to be like an element of naturalism there, and so that kind yeah. of heightened uh, like Tom Baker. Let's not forget at the latter stages of his time, Tom Baker's ego was monstrous, and I it don't know if, you, if yeah. you've he seen any of the special features. He <laughs> he literally walked into one story, threw the script across the rehearsal room, and went, "Who wrote this horse shit?" You know, like he Wait, was. Which serial is that? Um, that was the first Key to Time one, which is a great story. Um, oh, right, Rebus Operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and even that's... like the guy that tells that story said he didn't mean that. He was just like being really, you know, he liked misbehaving. But there, there's a lot of. Um, I think if you give an actor like Tom Baker, who's got an insane amount of charisma, a yeah. role where he wins every week by being smart, clever, and witty, and then you let him play that role for seven years, but in the latter yeah, stages of those seven years... he is yeah. constantly just floating on a little cloud of air. Like that, that, yeah, I get it, absolutely. For you example... Know, he deserves it. He was fantastic, he was spectacular. He was. And I think there's there's like a reason why he's known as like the definitive Doctor. Yeah. It's not just that he did it for the longest no i, no, I no. think he he really just nailed the parts i mean have you seen him interviewed he essentially is the doctor in real life yeah I mean, look at him in this scene like just in the, like i dare anyone to look at baker in this scene and not instantly quit their job skip town <laughs> and become a hill person like just devote the rest of their life to chiseling a shrine for him into the rock face sorry i i realize as i'm talking he's no longer on screen but i don't care he's always on the screen in my mind and it's it's really weird because uh, there's a, a kind of uh, people that have come to the new series now and are, yeah. are exploring the classic series. So so their love for Doctor Who kind of starts with Matt Smith, David Tennant, you know those sort of people. Sure. Um, and there's this weird kind of like, yeah, hey, Tom Baker, he's all right. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this guy had it right. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. A, I hate this. I hate anyone who says this. And people do say this. You are not a true fan of Doctor Who. What does that even mean, Leon? I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. <laughs> Frankly. Although, if Peter Davison's your favourite, get out. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Tom Baker is, is my doctor. I, mean, I grew up with Tom Baker. Did you... Did, who's your doctor? Uh, so, I am 41 tomorrow. There you go, that ages this podcast. Oh my goodness! Um, which means I came, <laughs> so I was born in 1980, but I didn't actually watch any until the latter Sylvester McCoy ones. So right at the end of the 80s. So I missed all of it. I mean, geez, if I'd have seen this at four years old, I'd have been traumatised for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just perpetually wetting your bed. How old were you then when, when you first saw this? I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how old I was. I, I was uh, in... Oh. You know what? That's a very good question. I reckon I probably started when I was about 10-ish, okay. up until maybe like my mid-teens or something like that. Um, but I watched it, I, I grew up in Sweden, so I, I watched it way, way later. And the, the episodes that are exported, they tend to be the Tom Baker ones. Uh, yeah, like So they were just on like a constant repeat, you know. Hang on a second. I'm just trying to get my head around this because you're staring at me on the screen right now. So you were 10 years old when this aired? I 
Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> so I, I was born in 83. Uh, okay. But I was but say, everything there's no just way. ends way later was... in Sweden, effectively. Well, it did back then anyway. And uh, yeah, there, there used to be this channel called BBC Prime. And I feel like BBC Prime was basically just uh, Forty Towers, mm -hmm. uh, Blake Seven, and Doctor Who. And in terms of Doctor Who, it was just Tom Baker. Right. <laughs> like, that was it. Just on a constant whatever. Like, it, I think this was a channel that they just broadcast for maybe the benefit of expats. And, um, yeah, so so I grew up with... with Sorry, my, my confusion there was entirely because there was no way on earth that you were older than me. <laughs> like, I was like... Because I, I look so good for You do. Those, those Swedish yeah. jeans are... <laughs> Doing you well, man. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Look at this. We are, by the way, we are exactly the same. Well, like we're basically the same age. Well, like, yeah, two years in it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm creaking, Leon. I'm creaking. Um, <laughs> look, I, I oh, here we it. go. We're coming up on the cliffhanger already. Like, where did that half hour go? I don't know. <laughs> that is grisly. We got, we got right? the first cliffhanger. That's really grisly. Yeah, Brussels sprout man versus uh, aged uh, um, McFly. I don't know if you noticed that, but the beard was starting to come off in the tussle. No! no oh, you. the beard, the first casualty of the of the crinoids. I can't believe how many times I've watched that and I've never thought that that monster looks like a Brussels sprout. <laughs> He does. Yeah. There's a line, maybe we already had it, maybe it's later, I'm not sure, but there's a line where they talk about sort of mutant Brussels sprouts or killer Brussels sprouts. Oh, he's like, like a hom homicidal gooseberry. Homicidal, yes. You're or something right, like that, so yeah, they're right. taking the mickey. And then, you know, one of them dies, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, that Everyone was... felt really bad. That was a complete delight. Um, we will yeah. both be back tomorrow with episode two. Hooray!